Welcome to Libre Lounge, a podcast about free software, free culture, and all the other interesting aspects of user freedom. With Christopher Lemmer Weber and Serge Broklowski. Hi, I'm Serge. I use he, him pronouns. Hi, I'm Chris. I use gender neutral pronouns such as they, them. And this is Libre Lounge. Uh, so we are really lucky. In the last two weeks, no less than six people have asked me, when are we going to interview interview uh, David Ravoy? And uh, I can say the answer is now. <laughs> so welcome, David. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome. Um, I, so for people who aren't familiar with your work, you're uh, an artist working both in free culture and using free software. Um, can you talk a little bit about, I think it's a good place to start is, what is your definition of free, free culture? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, <laughs> let's start with a very complex topic. <laughs> Thank you. Um, when I started with um, the the mix of free culture and free software, it was maybe 10 years ago with the, the project on the Blender Foundation, Sintel. It's uh, open movies and, and we used um, blenders and at the same time we used uh, uh, other free software, but we used them to make um, a creative commons attribution media, a, a movie at the end. And I also wanted all the drawing to be in the same license on the process. So before that, I, I wasn't really, um, how to say, um, I, I couldn't really, um, it's not, I couldn't see the point of this, of this license, but, uh, I, I didn't have a lot of information about them. And, um, uh, I remember that my first fear when I entered the project was uh, if I draw girls, because Sintel is a girl, a little girl warrior, uh, maybe she will be uh, used to to by bad people. Like uh, the design will be used after for making uh, like a erotic doll uh, for from a company that I don't know, and and it will use my name because it's attribution. And I, I wasn't informed by all the the moral right, uh, all the protection that uh, you can also have. It's a bit uh, a vision like a throwing away thing. And and then because of this project as an artist, I I could learn that uh, um, there is a lot of rules and this license uh, can protect uh, one work. And and I also saw all the benefits, uh, the community reusing, uh, the fan drawing Sintel their own way and uh, it was an involvement uh, of the community uh, that I I never experienced before. So that was the first step, just being uh, a bit more informed about the the lessons before using them. Uh, Then I was already a, a Libre and open sources software user so I, I don't I think there is a sort of parallel that, that, that came to my mind very, very uh, 
the sort of addition of thought that um, all the culture around me wa was feeling a bit like software. Uh, for example, the uh, I don't know if we can say name, but uh, the the famous cartoon. Uh, yes, you could say whatever you want. Yeah, but, but I don't want to, to, to tell the name of companies. But it's companies we have all in mind about uh, RPG, little uh, green uh, character from a, a Japanese company or from a, a little mouse cartoon from a big uh, uh, American company. Uh, all these characters were like, for me, like software in my brain directly. Because if I wanted to draw them or to put them into my story... Uh, I couldn't at this time, uh, and and I started to saw all the success of fan of fan art over the internet. A lot of fan artists uh, drawing and and also all the problem with fan art, uh, with uh, prohibited Kickstarter campaign, with uh, all of this. As soon as it became commercial or posters or selling object, and I thought it, it, it was a bit the same fight to get a free culture inside the brain so people could develop universe from an imagination they have uh, but a free imagination uh, an imagination you can reuse you can build on the top you can make books or you can make novels or everything and not a proprietary or this is this one for French is very hard to to pronounce sorry uh, a sort of proprietary uh, universe that is installed in our brain because uh, when I was a kid it was on TV and and uh, and I really like all this universe so that that's a bit the the motivation about free culture and, and free software at the same time so, so going back a little bit mm -hmm. you talked about the the way that fan art was a a, uh, a thing for you, how it influenced you, not just, well, both as a, a young artist, but also seeing how proprietary licenses and large companies had crushed or s were, were at least uh, suppressing fan art. Mm -hmm. And, and then you talked about how, you know, your involvement with the project, you know, with Blender's foundation, the, the Blender Foundation project, uh, helped you see, but but how did how did you get there? How did you go from saying, "Oh, well, I, I can't use this stuff, but that's just the way it is," to you know, going working with the Blender Foundation, making this film, and 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 then having your mind changed? Oh, <laughs> so that that is really related to my first step with open source. Um, I, I discovered the open source software via a forum. Uh, in the French uh, computer graphics community, it was named 3DVF. And 3DVF had um, a link to to Framasoft. Uh, this is an association in France that, that uh, promotes free software. And uh, Framasoft had a, a very good listing of a lot of solutions. And inside this list was... Uh, uh, I'm speaking here before 2010, uh, way before 2010. So it, it had a list with GIMP, with Blender, with uh, Inkscape and solution like that. So I tried them and um, 
it was it was really cool on my side because I was just a young freelance artist and and I was paying a lot for my software already. Uh, my license of uh, Adobe Photoshop cost me I, I don't remember as the exact number maybe seven hundred or eight hundred euro at the time, and it was really hard to to get it just to 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 start to work with digital, and and um, I, I could extend a bit my activities with vector with 3d a bit because of this software so i already was a user i started to make little 3d short with blender uh, i started to be uh, around the community but at one time i bought a new computer on a supermarket because uh, th there was a great price and i saw it say wow a new powerful computer i put it on the on the cart and I was really happy but when I came back at home it had this new operating system that was Windows Vista at the time and uh, all my software were not uh, my proprietary software couldn't be installed on this Windows Vista uh, it was a crisis at home because suddenly all my uh, professional uh, tools couldn't be installed and uh, I could, of course, pay for upgrade, upgrade pack. So that's not something I wanted to do because it was costing a lot. And uh, I, I really thought, but if this company does this to me every three years, I, I will never make a living. It's already very hard for an artist to make a living. Uh, and uh, I'm not using pirate software. I, I'm using... Uh, Lessons I, I I'm buying, so uh, it, it's it's too difficult for me to follow, and and uh, and I felt like it was a, a a very vicious system. So I decided to to try the alternative, and by this time there was the first Linux Mint and Ubuntu around, and uh, I switched to that, and. Because of this involvement in the community of Blender and at the same time the research to to try to get this 2D package uh, to make art with MyPaint, with GIMP at the time, uh, with free software and to port all my freelance activities to, to Libre Software. Uh, that's because of that that I was on the project like Sintel from the Blender Foundation, for example. So it sounds like the practicalities of free software, the availability, first being low cost and second being able to work on lower end hardware, you know, the, simply having access to it brought you into free software, which then brought you into free culture. Yes, yes, uh, that was the path. And, and I'm a bit ashamed right now to, to tell it because uh, since this time, the, the world changed very, very much. Now there is privacy concern. There is a lot of way better uh, reason to be in free software than, than the reason I had. Um, but yeah, to be honest, that was my reason. And that's what made me at this time uh, go into action and uh, make my, uh, my involvement 100% uh, for this. I, I don't think there's any shame in that. I think that the uh um you know, there's that 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 line, you know, come for the freeze and beer and, and stay for the freeze and freedom and you know, uh that's 
I think that's a, a, a valuable entry point for many people. And, and But I think that you, you, you hit on something, you mentioned something that I, I've kind of wondered about. Um, one of the things while watching your work, um, you know, both seeing the work that you did with uh, Blender and the Blender Institute on on uh, on Blender itself, and then on the blends and paint videos that you did uh, when you did Sintel, um, one of the things that really struck me was how much back and forth there was between the artists and the programmers who were making Blender. And, and I feel like it's something we don't see a lot. And I've also seen... Uh, you know, when you, when Krita does a new release, like you've done many of the splash artwork for it, and you've done a lot of promotion of both Krita and MyPaint. So, so that kind of brings to mind a question for me, which is how have your experiences been as in terms of having both a back and forth between artists as users and the development community building those tools for them? Um, has it, have you felt that there's been a lot of back and forth? Do you think that there could be more of that? Uh, what do you think? Oh, I, I'm thinking it's a it's a very complex topic here also because uh, from my point of view, uh, the beta tester uh, sort of uh, part of the free software project always was something like uh, the project are getting for free, like the community care about it. And, uh, they, I can hear a lot of developers un- until now still saying that, uh, anyway, we have still a community that reports too much bug even or something. But I think what, uh, at the Blender Foundation, they understood really early was to make sort of, um, professional beta testing in the open source world. Uh, and, uh, it was, it was already like a quality assurance. A team and even if we made only a movie that was probably the part for the audience to to show that we we are making a a movie with blender but if we see if you see the the movies and the major release of blender uh, you can see that the team of these movies always use a very uh, alpha version rewrite and help to stabilize it so it's it's like a real life experience, and when I understood that, yeah, at first it was a bit uh, it was a bit uh, annoying. I thought that we were here for the art, and uh, maybe still think about this way, but I, I thought that the movies was like more like a demo, and uh, the the process of making the movies was here to stabilize the 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 software and develop new feature new practical feature for the for the artist and that's what i took with me and tried to apply after to to other project but the other project didn't have the the budget to do it so what i decided is to to block one day or two day of my free time per week and to do this sort of professional beta testing for them uh, to report bugs, to do long investigation about bugs, uh, and uh, to to try the better version inside production directly. And and with pepper and carrot, there is still this aspect uh, that I do. I'm 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 running the comics right now. I'm using Krita 2.9 beta version, 
and I'm reporting bugs uh, daily. <laughs> so, so, so I actually want to expand on that for a moment. Uh, the uh, I, so I'm not sure everybody who's a member of our audience is familiar with uh, the film that 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 I. So, is, am I first of all? Am I right that? Uh, Sintel was kind of your first major work that was both kind of using free software and producing free culture. Is that correct? That's correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, um, and I think not everybody's maybe familiar with it. So Sintel's a movie about a young girl and her dragon, basically. Um, but it was done with uh, um, kind of an unusual setup. My understanding is where you had basically um, programmers sitting right down, pretty much right next to the developers. Is 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 that was at least my impression from the outside, and it felt like there was a lot of back and forth. Was that was that how it actually was? <laughs> oh um, yes, yes, inside yes. the movie. Yes, we, we were basically on the same room, a, a very big room, and there was a part with desk for developers and a part for desk for artists, uh, divided into uh, animators, uh, people like me who were mostly on the pre-production, so the one that. Uh, write the story, do the drawing, um, and um, the the part that does the 3D. But but we were uh, going back home on the same apartment in Amsterdam uh, when we, uh, at evening. So uh, all of this, all our discussion during uh, dinner, lunch, was always mixed between developers and artists. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to jump in. You mentioned Krita a number of times, and mm-hmm. for people who, who haven't used it or haven't seen you use it, it's a, I guess it's a animation, but it's actually, sorry, it's a cartoon drawing suite. <laughs> yes, yes. It, it's, um, I, I would define it with a, a 2D, 2D, uh, sorry, I spell it in French, 2D uh, painting suite. So, hmm. and. and uh, for people who were uh, watching the Libra Planet uh, streams, we got to watch you create a beautiful uh, GNU, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, a picture a painting. Actually, it looks more like a painting than anything else live uh, for everybody, which was really fun and exciting. Thank you. And uh, maybe you can talk about the, the way that Krita, you know, the use that you have for Krita in your, in your daily work. Um, uh, nowadays I'm using Krita almost for everything. Uh, I, I'm, so I'm doing things five years now, the webcomic Pepper and Carrot. It's a, it's a webcomic that I tried to make it in very high quality compared to other webcomic. And so I release really not a lot of episode per month. It's a one episode every two months right now and even more. And uh, I'm using Krita to paint all the artwork. Uh, I'm using Inkscape to do all the text. And I'm using uh, Bash Script and Image Magic to, to compile all the page and all the language together. So Krita has a very special place into my, uh, into my workflow because it's where I draw, I paint, and I do everything. And since 2012, maybe. So let's talk about Pepper and Carrot. Because mm-hmm. it's it's I would say it's your most popular work. Oh it's, yes, it's what you're it's what you're known for. Oh uh, yes, <laughs> but there are also people who maybe not not have heard of it. Um, so maybe you can talk about not just what it is, but what it is and what it means to you. 
Oh, um, I, I'll try to, to, to also introduce it in a way that people might not understand, uh, might not know from the, the one who already know it. Uh, pepper and carrots came into my life after uh, a period of burnout. Uh, I, I was in sort of burnout because I tried all the freelancer uh, industry at that time. I tried the board game. I, I tried the book cover. I tried uh, uh, video games. I tried movies. And um, I couldn't really express myself. And at the same time, I, I was really interested into all the storytelling and all the art, the ambient. The I, I, I like it also the the project, the being on a project with uh, with all all what it imply. So at that time, I had the the big luck to in this burnout period to just draw one day a, a little witch and her cat. And and I just duplicated this picture, and I tried to change the pose of the characters, and I say, hey, it looked like a comics, and I duplicated, and I started to to put some speech bubbles, and I related that on the internet, and it became viral, and suddenly there was a big audience for these two characters, and people that asked me to make the episode two. And uh, at that time, it, I even didn't have a name. It was five years ago. Uh, so I tried to, to find a name, to find a logo, to do a second episode. And at this point, I, I, said to, I told to the audience that I couldn't continue because I had to feed my family, do freelance work. And this take a lot of time. And this type of... Uh, funding platform like Patreon started to to exist at that time and I I tried it just uh, it, it wasn't like now something in the culture to do that uh, the PayPal button existed but before that not not this type of patronage things existed a lot so I tried it and I'm the I, I, I'm a lucky uh, I'm a lucky artist because I received support and with that I could continue to episode 3, 4, 5 and uh, step by step uh, today I'm at the episode 31. So this is the how Pepper and Carrot grew but yes I I sort of skipped what Pepper and Carrot is really so sorry. It's okay why don't you tell us what Pepper and Carrot is. <laughs> so Pepper and Carrot is a, is a open source and libre comics and uh, I know that a lot think that uh, speaking about this way about a comics um, is a bit a bold move because this is reserved for free software but uh, I'm sharing the source and all the comics is uh, distributed with a free license I, I have a page on the on Pepper and Carrot that explains the philosophy behind it, why I want uh, people to not pay to read the comic, why I, I ha I'm asking them to, to get some uh, patronage, to, to receive my uh, something to, to live about it, and uh, also other consideration about uh, 
why I don't want paywall on the project, why I don't want to exclude uh, people uh, that can't read uh, from a geographical point of view, uh, and uh, how I hope to change a bit the industry of the comics that way to to sort of uh, live directly in contact with the audience and not by uh, by selling uh, physical comics with a publisher and uh, something that was the classic uh, sort of a workflow before. <clears throat> Sorry. So, well, no, no, don't apologize. So there, you, you, you just gave a lot there to unpack. So, uh, <laughs> yes. um, no, it's good. It's good. Um, so, uh, so, so I think we should kind of go through them. Uh, one of, one of the things that, that you mentioned uh, was that um, you talked about how your project, um, a very important part of it is the source that you release with the comics. And we kind of talk about that usually as being something that's, you know, just reserved for free software projects, and we don't really care about it for free culture projects. Um, but I think that Pepper and Carrot has seen a lot of benefits from uh, um, you having released the source, is my impression. Oh, uh, yes. Can you talk about some of the things that have happened because you made the decision to release the source code? Oh, so the first... Um, the first very big uh, contribution the community came around Pepper and Carrot was for translation. Now Pepper and Carrot have 50 languages. Uh, it's, it's enormous for, for a webcomic. And um, the second thing was publishers. Uh, I'm really lucky to get the largest comic publisher in France right now that put pepper and carrot in all supermarket and all bookstore around. It's really easy to, to find. And I have also other publisher in other country that took pepper and carrot because um, they can print it without giving back to the artist. So they are very free to do their derivation of pepper and carrot. Uh, this is something a bit um, non-intuitive. But at the same time, they can also patron back the project so they can give back money this way. So it's sort of work. I am really happy with it. Uh, there is also a lot of little projects that try to make video games, board games, uh, Kickstarters campaign for that around it. Uh, and after that, a lot of mini projects like... Uh, a person that does a one afternoon or a one week little project at home around pepper and carrot to do a, a derivation. But um, this little so, so pro this little oh, project, this little project when there are hundreds, uh, takes a lot of rooms. So, yes. Right. So, so actually, I just wanted to to clarify. Um, you mentioned that there was a publisher that was, you know, a major publisher pushing. Uh, pepper and carrot in all the supermarkets but yes but that's um but if i remember correctly uh you you didn't reach out to them right it, so it i read a blog post by you about this and it seemed like a very unusual way for publishing to go about so could you explain what happened there oh um what happened it's when they published it the first time it, it made a shit storm in france in all the publishers uh world with comics and uh, all the newspaper and things were speaking about it because 
it, it was for them the sign of a, a sort of apocalypse of the author right, the copyright, because uh, suddenly an author wasn't uh, asking anything for publishing. It was like for them, uh, I read some words like throwing away art or something. And um, it, it was for them giving the power to the publisher, uh, the full power to, to, to do some benefits and, and nothing for the artist. But, and, and that's because they, you, you hadn't, set up this negotiation with them for them to be able to publish it. They were just able to do it, basically. Yeah, Is that right? they were able to do it. For that defense, um, I, I was in contact with them. They proposed me the usual publisher contract with YLT and with everything. And I, I told them it was my, my um, idea and what I wanted to tell, no, I don't want we get a contract together. I want our contract to be the Creative Commons attribution. And it was very complex for them because they have a very big legal department. They have also a accountment department. And asking them to work with only these papers required them a lot of work compared to just signing their usual paper. But they, they, they saw something new, fresh, and something they wanted to try uh, because um, the the comics market in France is in crisis. We have a lot of author, maybe more author than readers. So uh, there is a lot of people doing books here. And uh, th they wanted to, to try something because the, it was for them part of the pepper and carrot package. They saw pepper and carrot being successful on online and wanted to make um, their comics like a derivative project. So what they proposed is, is to become the top patron, Patreon, on, on Patreon, the top um, uh, sponsor. Yeah, yes, we can tell it this way, top, top sponsor. And, and give back each time I was making an episode uh, a big amount of money to to try to to still be a sort of um, uh, how can I say to, to to can give back to the project to the ecosystem of pepper and carrot and to not be perceived as only user as only making profit so this part was also important on their side on my side too because uh I'm still sometimes going to library to, uh, no, it's not library. This is a, a French word to bookstore to, to do signing session for them. So we found this way a sort of, uh, balance between, uh, them reusing and making money on the sale and me, uh, getting patronage for that. So my understanding then is that. The arrangement is that they just that the traditional publisher just becomes your uh, just another patron on your patron your Patreon, so they're just becoming an, essentially another audience member. Yes, yes, yes. It's, it's exactly the relation we have, but it's a pa it's a patron that does a very interesting derivation, and and I try to consider the the book Pepper and Carrot they do like. Uh, just a derivative work. So for me, I still own the, the main work, the, the web comics 
the, the high quality page and high resolution and everything. And they just use that to make a, like a toy, like, like uh, if they were making a toy for, for a movie. Like if, if, if it was a famous movie and it was a company that was doing just the toy of the, the movie. So I, I'm still in, into this mindset with them. But, but this approach really, uh, a lot of, a lot of author and a lot of publisher in France really dislike it because it was, it was based on trust. Just that they can cancel their patronage support at any time and, uh, and can still continue to do benefits. Of course. So you maintain the, and I don't like these words, but the rights around product sales. So <laughs> toys and, and stuff, stuffed animals and things like that. And they, uh, they're just the publisher who's, who has this kind of semi-formal agreement. What, what I think is, is interesting about, about Patreon, and, and I remember before there was Patreon when I worked for Question Copyright, which was this ongoing question we had of why, why would someone pay for free work, right? Why would, it, why would an audience member give an artist money when they don't have to? And our conclusion was that the reason is that uh, the audience wants to feel connected with the artist, that that's really what they are invested in. They're emotionally invested in, in the artist and the work. And what has changed in, in that interim period is that we, we now have Patreon and we are seeing that connection even with proprietary work. But what I'm interested in is how having uh, this audience funding you and you creating free work that is not restricted how that interplay between and your relationship with the audience, how that changes based on the work being free. Uh, that, that changes everything. It, it's, it's really the core of pepper and carrot. And, and I, I can't, uh, write enough. Thank you for, for all the supporters of the project. Um, because, uh, and it's not only the financial supporters. It's also the, the one that, uh, uh, interact with my message with um, the new episode uh, I, I would use the, the word community as a large uh, as a large term because w w the thing that I discovered uh, is that this community was the best protection of the project so if uh, a publisher starts to make profits and don't give back to the ecosystem I can tell it on the blog and I can tell it to the community and I already experienced it with a publisher, and I know that uh, the the sales are not good. I think the the audience and people when they buy something uh, now, they they like to to discover the author. They like to to get around the community, and and it's like if I had the the advantage of the communication. So before even going to the shop or to even buying the, the book, I think they, they understand that uh, the author is fine with it or is not fine with it. So this gives a lot of power to the author to, to make their own business. Because if I tell that, uh, I don't know, uh, another publishing is not fine because the publisher does... Uh, does nothing back for the ecosystem and does only profits. 
you can still buy it because, for example, the quality is good, but uh, I'm not really earning anything about this. I think the, the, the community will really consider it. And, um, and it's equally the same if I say another publisher gives back a lot and is friendly and follows my advice and follows my recommendation about uh, how the cover should be, how the title should be and everything. So, yeah. So, um, kind of moving in a different direction, mm-hmm. um, the pepper and carrot, um, I don't think we've really talked too much about, uh, kind of the thematic aspects of it. So, um, my, so, so the, the comics about, uh, a young girl and her cat, uh, yes. um, <laughs> uh, so pepper and carrot are the, the, uh, the girl and cat respectively, uh, and, uh, um, and kind of her adventures with a, kind of a magical world and her problems with her, is it her aunts or I forget what her uh, relationship to the other three witches are. Um, these are just uh, like godmothers, uh, but she she is, uh, oh, I have so many, not a lot of vocabulary to speak, sorry. Um, she is... Um, she, she, she's kind of the me- they're kind of her mentors right yes yes that okay. is the exact world <laughs> yes. okay um great so so you know in in kind of her relationships with uh with them and kind of discovering kind of her own place in the world but there there's sometimes have been some other themes like uh um uh, you've kind of made some posts that are kind of commentary about the way that we present ourselves uh um even very indirectly, you made some posts about um, the way that we can become pressured uh, to kind of create a persona for ourselves on social media, even though you didn't involve social media at all. And and so <laughs> I'm very interested in what is your thinking about um, your choices and themes, both to specifically uh, why make a comic about a young girl uh, and her cat, but especially about a young girl um, and what what when you think about what kind of themes should go into comics, what is your thinking that leads you to, does any of that guide your story uh, writing? Oh, so, so yes, yes. I have, I have a strong guidance for, for the, for the theme, for the scenario. Uh, and, and it's really based on what make me cry, what make me anger, what make me, uh, what touch me inside really deeply. And then I can always find a way to, to speak about it inside a little, little episode. Um, that's one of the formula of pepper and carrot. It's based on short episode and the episode needs to contain, um, a full story, like a full little arc with the character evolving, learning something or with the story showing something about the situation. Uh, and Yes, all these little episodes are like little lessons. And it's not just lessons that I improvise, it's lessons that I learned uh, about myself, about uh, my interaction with others. So in the background of Pepper and Carrot, there is a lot of um, story about myself, very well hidden, because uh, uh, I believe that it must be on the surface a very uh, something very entertaining, and uh, with two characters, very easy to to relate and to to identify. Maybe even if I admit that 
not everyone likes to be identified to uh, to a little uh, witch girl. <laughs> yeah. So where where would you like to bring the comic, both as in terms of kind of your community structure uh, and the uh, the the kinds of I'm not asking you to give spoilers about the future, mm-hmm. but um, I'm sure you have goals. Yes. Um, so what are what would you say are your goals for the project? Um, so the most short-term goals I have still since like the last years is to increase the release of episode, so increase the production rhythm to get more episode by mods. Sorry. Because I'm... Um, I, I'm still really trying to work on many projects uh, that the maintaining the website, maintaining the software, the beta testing I'm doing. Uh, I have a book project that I'm doing myself to try to do self-publishing of Pepper and Carrot. Uh, and uh, I had recently the, the eShop the, to, to, to buy some, uh, I don't know, a cup of... Uh, coffee or something to with decorated with pepper and carrot on it uh, this type of items and uh, maintaining all of that take me a lot of time so the the first priority I have on my on my sort of uh, to-do list is to in the coming years to to get back to one episode every two months and the ideal would be one episode per month just for the activities and 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 for making a comics easier to follow um the the other point that I want to to develop and, and that I'm still doing in background is to open the the, the community and that uh, opening pepper and carrot the the making of episode uh, to the community right now we have uh, we are on gitlab and I'm opening uh, the the story uh, in markdown with a community and I get review. Um, I get review of uh, the speech balloon uh, before releasing. Uh, and and it allows also the translator teams to translate before the comics is color red and, and put online. So we have all this management of uh, a free and open source software project uh, that produce the comics before with uh, terms like alpha, beta release, and the release. And I'm trying to improve that also. So to, to get a community that can help at, uh, that can be involved because I still think that there is more intelligence in, in more brains than in only mine to do the story or to, to check. And, and so far it, it worked very well. So, yes, this is the two main uh, project I have for Pepper and Carrot. That sounds really ambitious. You've got a lot that you want to take it, and that's that's exciting. Is there anything that we haven't covered that you want to make sure that we do before we wrap up? No, not not necessarily. Uh, I think you. Uh, I still think that I spent a lot of time talking and did a lot of. Big sentence. So, thank you for the patience of uh, the the audience for listening. <laughs> we're, really, we're really excited to have you on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, you know, you know, we'll have the links to all of the 
the places that you can get involved uh, as an audience member with Pepper and Carrot and the show notes. Um, and uh, we're really excited to see what, you, what you're going to come out with uh, going forward. I, I was really th- enthused by watching your live stream, and I would love to see more of that. I would love to see even if you could do live stream Pepper and Carrot. That would be amazing. Yes, uh, I, I would really love to, to make it again. But I'm not really confident with my English accent and, and speak pitch. So that, that, that's probably my main uh, problems for doing it. You speak beautifully. Yeah. <laughs> Thank I you. Do. So, um, so thanks, everyone, for, for tuning in. Um, if you'd like to continue the conversation, we're on Freenode at Hash Libre Lounge. You can get us on the Fediverse at... Uh, at LibreLounge at floss.social. You can email us podcast at LibreLounge.org and we're also on Twitter at LibreLounge. So thanks, um, thanks David for joining us. Uh, thank you for inviting me. And we'll see you all next time. Bye everybody. Bye. You've been listening to Libre Lounge. You can find and subscribe to us at LibreLounge.org. This podcast is released under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 International License. Our theme music is Bossa Nova by Joff, which is waved into the public domain under CC0 and which you can find on opengameart.org. If you'd like to support Chris Weber's work on this and other user freedom projects, you can donate at patreon.com forward slash C-W-E-B-B-E-R. Thanks for listening. See you next time.